And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to, and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ. And comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Money Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll present a classic radio detective adventure of Boston Blackie starring Dick Kalmar. And then it's the first portion of a classic radio comedy episode of The Martin and Lewis Show starring Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. But first, let me say hello to my co-host, Lisa Wolf. Hey, Lisa, how are you? Carla Mari, how are you? I'm doing well. Here we are again. Yes, right? we are here. It's been a week. We're in the Hollywood 360 studios. Yes, it's a beautiful studio. You know, and uh, it's not too cold. Uh, well, you know, you know I've got uh, some nice warm The air is going, but you have like a sweater You've or something. You've got plenty of hot air. I've got layers. I layer. That's what I do. <laughs> so what's happening in the stargazing arena? Well, we have Gina Davis in the news this week. She will star in Fox's The Exorcist reboot. Oh, have you heard about that? I did not, no. All right. Well, there are a lot of purists, I would say, who are concerned about this because... You know, this is a TV series based on this classic horror movie. Oh, it's a TV series, not yes, a movie. Yes, okay. correct, mm-hmm. on Fox. So that's wow. what I said. Wow, okay. Um, so, you know, considered maybe one of the greatest horror films ever made, this is a TV series. Right. It will star Gina Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, you like Gina Davis, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. She's, she's 60 years old now. Right. And um, she is fresh off of ABC's Grey's Anatomy, and she will be starring in this reboot, which they say is a modern invention of the famous 1971 novel, right. um, which is served as the basis for the 1973 film. Right. And um, the film was nominated for 10 Oscars, won two of them. Hmm. This TV series, they're saying it's going to be slightly different. A psychological thriller follows two men who are tracking this family's case of the demonic possession. Right. Basic basically and they're going to confront the you know, the face of this true evil. Yeah. So I don't know. So who plays the Linda Blair role? Is there a young girl I, that's also I'm not being sure. demonized on I, this? I'm or? not sure. Um but hmm. I mean she'll be uh Ellen Burstyn, I assume. Right. Oh yeah, she'll probably be the mom. She, of right. The, she will of be the young girl. You know, can, can Gina Davis be Ellen Burstyn? I don't right. know. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Well, yeah, but she's it should a great be actress, so she be any problem? All right, so that's on Fox. When is it premiere? I don't know. Uh, this coming is, up? It's coming up. I'll give you more information as All it comes. Right. Very good, Lisa. Okay, very good. Let's tune in to my favorite detective of all detectives. And there was a lot of detectives on radio, but Boston Blackie was my favorite. It was created by Jack Boyle. He was a fictional character, and he was a young, handsome, well-educated gentleman who loved his fellow man. But he was also a hardened criminal and safecracker who served time in a California prison. Rehabilitated, he decided to use his knowledge of the underworld to fight crime as an amateur detective. Known as an enemy to those who make him an enemy, friend to those who have no friend. 
Blackie's exploits were successfully adapted to films, radio, and television. NBC brought the character of Boston Blackie to radio as a summer replacement for the Rinso-sponsored and mega-popular Amos and Andy series in 1944, with Chester Morris reprising his film role. And in 1945, Broadway actor Dick Kalmar took over the radio role with Maurice Tarplin as Inspector Faraday and Leslie Woods as Blackie's girlfriend Mary Wesley. Kalmar brought just the right amount of sarcastic wit and charm to the character, starring in more than 200 radio episodes produced between 1945 and 1950. Now, this series, Lisa, made the transition to television as well. Kent Taylor played him on the TV screen. It's a black-and-white television series. And there's been movies and radio and TV, and uh, you know what? He's a cool cat, this Boston I know, Blackie. he's your favorite. Yes, absolutely. Let's tune this in now. Let's go back to a broadcast date of October 22nd, 1946. On this show, Faraday, Inspector Faraday, is shot. He's gunned down by a, a mob with a machine gun. So let's tune this in. Part one of Boston Blackie. Oh, hi, Inspector Faraday. Had enough of your office tonight? Yeah, Rollins. Now I'm going home, get a good night's sleep. Hey, you sure earned it today, Inspector. Well, I guess it was the evidence we collected that's going to send Bill Clear to prison. Yeah, we did a good job, Rollins. I'm proud of the department. Thanks, Inspector. Well, good night, Rollins. I'll see you in the morning. Hey, Inspector, wait a minute. You aren't walking home, are you? Yeah, I think I will. The air will do me good. Maybe so, Inspector. Don't you think you'd better take a couple of the boys with you? What for? I know my way home. I know that, but what about the Bill Thayer mob? Well, what about it? What about it, Inspector? Thayer said he'd have his pals take care of you, and you know what that means. (laughs) Look, Rollins, if I worried about the threats I got from every guy I worked on, I wouldn't have time to do my job. But Thayer's got a lot of friends, and he's out on base. So what? His threat doesn't mean a thing, and neither does he. Good night, Rollins, and don't get into any trouble. Okay, Inspector. I wish you'd let a couple of boys go with you. I get it, Rollins. You figure you'll be one of them, you'll get a little of my wife's home cooking. (laughs) Some other time. Meet Dick Calmer as Boston Blackie, enemy to those who make him an enemy, friend to those who have no friend. Hello, Faraday, old pal. Hello, Inspector. Well, at last the flathead is flat on his back. Oh, no. <laughs> Get out of here, Blackie. This is a hospital, not an amusement park. <laughs> well, I'm glad you told me. Haven't had so much fun in weeks. The nurse tells me you'll recover. Sorry, old man. Oh, Blackie, will you stop joking? Yes, maybe I should be sad about this, Mary. The nurse may be wrong. Maybe Faraday will live. Yeah, I'll live all right, Blackie. Takes more than a couple of bullets to stop me. Especially when they just graze me. <laughs> really? Hmm. Bullets can't stop you, but a simple question can all the time. Oh, now, Blackie, you stop. You didn't come here to tease the inspector. No, no, I didn't. But uh, let me enjoy myself before I tell him the bad news. Bad news? What bad news? Well, I might as well tell you now, Faraday. You probably haven't realized it yet, but this is one case I'm going to solve without interference from you. Interference from me? You're the guy who's always getting in my way. Oh, that's your opinion. Faraday, I'm going to get the guys who did this to you... And get them all by myself. 
I'm going after that damn mob. Doesn't that make you happy? Mackey, you stay out of this. I got him on that larceny charge, and I'll get fear for this, too. You lay off, here. Not very well. No. Oh, Blackie, why don't you be honest with the inspector? All right, Mary. I guess you're right. Listen, Faraday, I'm serious about this. Yeah? Maybe you and I have had our differences, but I don't like the idea of anyone shooting at you. Yeah, all I want from you is two things. Stay away from Thayer and leave me alone right now. All right, Faraday. If that's the way you feel about it, come on, Mary. And right. don't come back, either one of you. We won't, Faraday. I'll be too busy getting Thayer for trying to get you. If I find out you're even down in Thayer's neighborhood, Blackie, I'll have you arrested. What's the matter, jealous? No, I'm Inspector jealous. Inspector Faraday, Inspector Faraday, what's the matter? That guy there is what's the matter. Well, the matter is leaving. So long, pal. Inspector Faraday, I'm terribly sorry. About what? I mean, about what? I had no idea that that man would upset you, sir. I I wouldn't have let him in. I'm afraid seeing him has made you worse. Made me worse? Don't be foolish. Seeing the way that guy really feels about me has made me feel a whole lot better. Look, Jamesy, thanks to your stupidity and not knocking off Faraday, we don't dare stick our noses out of this room. What do you mean, my stupidity? If you turned the car the way I told you to, Faraday'd be dead right now. I couldn't turn the car the way we planned. There was a truck in the way. Okay, so there was a truck. All I know is all I could do is spot Faraday and let him have it. Now, don't blame me because he's still alive. The way things worked, we were lucky to put him in a hospital. Yes, and we're lucky if we don't end up in hospitals ourselves. The boss isn't going to like what we did. I did the best I could. You mean I didn't? Why, I ought to... But... Oh, wait a minute, James. You were both out of line, blowing our tops. Our nerves are going haywire. Yeah, I guess that's it. Only you shouldn't have tried to put the rap on me for messing up the job. I'm sorry. Guess the best thing we can do is think of a good story to tell the boss. Yeah, you're right, Barnes. You think you'll give us a chance to talk? I think so, if we talk first. Uh-oh, it's probably the boss. Maybe we'd better beat it, Barnes. No, that won't do any good. Put your gun in your pocket. Keep it there. All right. Good. Come in. Come in. Hello, Bob. Oh, you gentlemen are in, are you? Well, yes, Mrs. Atley. Uh, you don't want the rent again so soon, do you? Aren't we paid up? <laughs> of course, Mr. Barnes. I just wanted to tell you a man phoned and left this number for you to call him back. Oh. I wrote it down. Oh, thanks. Thanks a lot, Mrs. Atley. You're welcome. I hope I didn't disturb you, gentlemen. That's all right. right. Okay. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Huh. Let's see the telephone number, Jamesy. Here. Recognize it? Uh, too well. It's the boss. Man, we'd better call him up before he calls on us. Come in. Thanks for telling your pals outside to let me in, Fair. I'd hate to have to break in to see you. Might make a bad impression. I thought if you were fool enough to come to see me, Blackie, I ought to be smart enough to see you. Look, I'm not going to stand around here and spar with you, Thayer. I'm here to see you about those two thugs of yours who fired three bullets into Inspector Faraday last night. Yes, that's uh, why I thought you were here. Now, how about leaving? Oh, no. Very well, I won't argue with you. I was prepared for this visit of yours. I hope you're prepared for the reception. Tony Barker. What is it, Chief? Yeah, boss. Tony, Boston Blackie doesn't want to leave. 
Will you and Parker tell him you think he should? A pleasure. Sure, boss. Come on, Parker. You get him from that side. I'll get him from this. Maybe it won't be as easy as you think, Tony. <laughs> what are you using for a fish black here, mosquito bite? <clears throat> Very good. Oh, yeah? He can take it. Here. I'll hit him your way, Parker. There he is. Oh, the table was in the way. He fell short. Push him over this way, Parker. Pleasure. <laughs> hey, Parker, don't let him hit back like that. He might get cute and think he can lick you. Oh, oh, my God. You smashed the table on him, Parker. That junk off him, I'll uh, finish him with a good right to the jaw. Oh. Practically out now. Not as out as you think, huh? How about this? Oh! <laughs> yeah, that did it, boss. That did it. Yeah, good, good. Now, uh, take Blackie outside and toss him in the street. You like what we've done to him, huh, boss? Yes, Tony, but I don't like what you did to my office. Now, get busy and cart this broken furniture out of here. There's nothing I hate more than a must-up room. Now, hold still, will you? Oh, oh that doesn't hurt so much. Oh, brother. <laughs> oh, that water on my face feels sort of good, though, Mary. Does it? Well, that's a nasty black eye you have, you know. You mean I, I have only one black eye? Just one black eye. One bruised face and one bump on the back of your head. What hit you, a train? No. No, two trains. The Tony Flyer and the Barker Special. But I'm not through with them. Now, you don't mean that you're going back there. Oh, yes, I am, Mary. I... This just about proves Faraday was right. It is Thaz Mob who tried to kill him. Otherwise, Thaz wouldn't have given me such a, well, uh, ungentlemanly treatment. Just the same. It is foolish to go back there and try to see him. Think so? Well, I... Ouch! You see? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I'd better think of something else. I think so, too. Here, now let me dampen that cloth for your face again. All right. Uh-oh. I'll get it, Mary. Well, all right, but you lie back so that I can keep this cloth on your face. Okay. Hello. Hello, Blackie. Yes, who's this? This is Rollins, Blackie. Sergeant Rollins. Respect Oh, yes, Sergeant. Rollins. How's Faraday? That's what I'm calling you about, Blackie. Huh? What's the matter? Did he take a turn for the worse? Oh, I don't know what turn he took, Blackie. All I know is he didn't take it by himself. What do you mean? I mean, two unidentified men just kidnapped Faraday right out of the hospital. We can't find a trace of him anywhere. Come in. Hello, Blackie. Well, Rocky Baldwin. Too bad you didn't come ten minutes later. I'm on my way out. What's your hurry, kid? Sit down. My hurry is Inspector Faraday's been kidnapped, and i got to find him. But aren't you in the wrong neighborhood, Rocky? I thought this was Thayer's side of town. Yeah, but Thayer isn't going to mind my coming over here, as long as I don't try to cut in on him. Then why are you over here? This is why I'm over here, Blackie. To see you. You mean the great Rocky Baldwin, tied with Thayer as the city's number one racketeer, will stoop so low as to come to see me? Well, I'm glad I'm still nursing this face of mine, so I didn't miss this. I've got a reason for wanting to see you, Blackie. The usual one, I suppose. You want to try to scare me into doing something for you. Well, I don't scare. I got beaten up a little while ago because I don't scare. <laughs> Blackie, you got me wrong. I'm here because I want to help you. I know where Faraday is. Because I know who kidnapped him. Who? Thayer. 
Yeah, I might have known. And you know where Thayer's keeping him? Sure. In his hideout on Lane Street. Uh-huh. Very interesting. Except for one thing, I don't believe it. Why not? Because why should you cross Thayer and help Faraday? Oh, that's very simple. I don't like cops, of course, but uh, Faraday is only one cop among many. But Thayer. Well, he's the one man who stands in the way of my controlling this whole town. Understand? Hmm. When you put it that way, I'd be a fool if I didn't understand. Well, you're no fool, Blackie. But better hurry and get your friend Faraday before Thayer finishes with him. And Thayer, you know, works fast. Bill Thayer, gang leader, threatens death to Inspector Faraday if Faraday's evidence gets a conviction against him. Faraday is later shot at from a passing car, but is not badly wounded. Blackie, however, is determined to find out the men who shot the police inspector. So far, however, all he's managed to do is get himself beaten up. Then, to complicate matters, Faraday is kidnapped by two unknown men, and Rocky Baldwin, gangster, tips off Blackie that it is Thayer who has Faraday. As we return to our story, Rocky is talking to two of his mob. Now, listen, you two, and keep interrupting me with questions if you don't get what I'm saying, understand? I get you, Rocky. Me too. What am I, a dummy or something? All right, now listen. James A., I sent you out to kill Faraday, but you bungled the job. You messed I it. told you I was sorry about that. It was the car. Never you mind see... the car. Now, who is it that's getting blamed for trying to knock out Faraday? Well, who is it? Is it me? Of course it ain't you, Rocky. It's there. Everybody knows he threatened to give it to Faraday. So when you heard he threatened to bump the cop... You decided to have us do it. No, and Thayer would get the rap. Sure, boss. We knock him off, Thayer gets blamed. Right. Now, I got this Boston Blackie guy all steamed up that Thayer has Faraday hidden away. Blackie's on his way to get Thayer. He's the guy who can do it, too. Blackie don't mess. That means Thayer's due to get his any minute, and we take over the town. Good work, Rocky. You really fooled Blackie on this one. Hold it, you two. Yeah? Rocky Baldwin speaking. Oh, hello, Rocky. This is Blackie. Oh, hi, Blackie. Say, why aren't you down on Lane Street getting Faraday away from Thayer? I'll be down there soon enough. But you pulled a pretty cute trick, Rocky. I want to congratulate you. What do you mean, Blackie? Thayer did kidnap Faraday. You'll see for yourself when... I'm not talking about that, Rocky. I'm talking about who shot Faraday. But Thayer did, of course. Why, some of his men do it. That's what you figured everybody would think when you sent Jamesy and Barnes out to kill the inspector, didn't you? What are you talking about? Don't be coy, Rocky. You know what I'm talking about. I do not. Where'd you hear such nonsense? From someone who should know, Rocky. From Jamesy himself. Oh, from Jamesy. Yes, he doesn't shoot too straight, but he certainly knows how to talk. Just thought you'd like to know that I knew. So long, pal. Hey, Blackie. Blackie! What's the matter, Rocky? Oh, nothing much, Barnes. So, Jamesy, come here a minute. Sure, Rocky. What's the matter? Nothing. Nothing at all. That was Blackie on the phone. Going after Thayer, huh? Yeah. Right now. But he told me something about you. He did? What? He said you told him a little story. I told him? Yes. I'm awfully disappointed in you, Jamesy. You've been one of my favorite boys for a long time. Well, thanks, Rocky. But I don't know... You really shouldn't have talked to Blackie, Jamesy. It means I have to do this. Oh, Rocky. What's your idea? Rocky, what... What you have to do? Rocky, 
What'd you kill Jamesy for? He talked to Blackie. He told Blackie that we tried to kill Faraday. Oh, no, Rocky. That was just a trick. I've been with Jamesy every minute since we shot Faraday, and he hasn't been near Blackie. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, that's too bad. Looks as if maybe I've made a mistake. Oh, oh, Tony. Yeah, boss? You got Faraday tied up nice and tight? Yeah, Mr. Thayer. I got him so he can't even wriggle a finger. Good. Now that we snatched him and stashed him here, what do we do? I don't know yet. I gotta have time to think. Find time to think after we snatch a cop. I had to get him out of that hospital before Rocky Baldwin got to him there. They killed Faraday and that joint, sure. And who'd have taken the rap for it? Me. The cutter, sometimes even you talk too much, huh, boss? Oh, I talked out of turn just once. When I tried to threaten Faraday. Oh, what a sucker I was. All he had on me was a larceny rep. I had a good chance of beating that. Now, we're too smart for cops, Mr. Thayer, ain't we? No, I'm not so sure. I don't know what to do with Faraday. If I turn him loose, Rocky will get him this time, sure, and I'll get it right in the neck. If I keep him here, I kidnap the guy. That means a chair. Not if we make a deal with Faraday. That's an idea. Only I don't think Faraday will buy it. I'll try. Hey, wait, wait, wait a minute, boss. You keep saying that all he has on you is a larceny rap. Mm. Uh, don't he know about the Edwards killing? He doesn't even suspect me in that one. Oh, no, huh? I don't like the way you said that, Tony. Well, uh, uh, it wasn't my fault, boss. You, you never said nothing to me about what Faraday was trying to pin on you. I thought all along it was the Edwards killing. Go on. Well, well nothing. I... I figured when we kidnapped him from the hospital, it was to bump him. So I got talking to him, told him what a sucker he was to mix up with a guy like you, a guy who was smart enough to take care of Big Jim Edwards. You fool, Tony, you stupid idiot. Faraday didn't know a thing about me in the Jim Edwards case. Now I know what we got to do with that cop. Gee, boss, I'm sorry for... Never I... mind, never mind about being sorry. You've done it and it's done. Faraday is the only one who knows it. So if we fix Faraday, we're still safe. You mean kill him? Or make a deal with him. Come on, we'll go see what we can do. Okay. Hello, Faraday. Comfortable? You know I'm not there. I'm sorry about all this, Faraday, but it was one of those things I just had to do. Yeah. Just for the fun of it, I guess. No. To keep Rocky Baldwin and his men from killing him. Rocky and his Never men... Never mind about that now. I got something more important to talk to you about. What? Tony told you I killed Edwards. Didn't he? That's right. I'll let you go right now if you'll forget all you know about that. Sorry, there. No dice. I'm not that kind of guy. I'm not that kind of policeman. Well, you're a live policeman now. Yeah, maybe a dumb one, too. But I'm an honest cop. I know where to get the evidence against you and the Edwards killing. And if I get a chance to, I'm going to use it. All right, Faraday. I'm awful sorry. Tony. Yeah, boss. Get on the phone. Tell Harry to bring the big car down here. Sure thing. Harry should be here with a car in 30 minutes, Faraday. So what? I still remember you killed Edwards. Well, you got 30 minutes in which to decide whether you feel like losing your memory or your life. (laughs) 
And that's the first portion of Boston Blackie from October 22nd, 1946. Faraday is shot, starring Dick Colmer as Boston Blackie with Maurice Tarplin as Inspector Faraday. As heard on ABC. We'll get back to that in just a few minutes. But uh, first, let's take a break on the Hollywood 360 Radio Network. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. There's something special about cooking dinner from scratch. The house smells great, the kids hang out in the kitchen, and life just slows down for a minute. Mies Meals offers healthy, delicious recipes each week with fresh ingredients that are prepped, ready to cook, and delivered right to my door. The step-by-step instructions make it easy, even for me, to cook up a masterpiece. Mies Meals even lets me customize my order. For a free dinner for two delivered to your door, enter promo code radio at MiesMeals.com. That's promo code radio at M-E-E-Z-Meals.com. Painful shingles, cracked fingers, red itchy flaky skin, eczema, wounds that won't heal, the list goes on and on for irritating and painful skin conditions. Start the healing today with all-natural Epizen Skin Gel. Recommended by doctors and proven to heal skin, Epizen is guaranteed to work or your money back. Use code RADIO to get $10 off with free shipping by going to Epizen.com. That's E-P-I-Z-Y-N.com. Or call toll-free 844-Z-I-N-C for us. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Welcome back here to Hollywood 360. I am your host, Carl Amari. To my right, my co-host, Lisa Wolf. Very smiley. She's got the... I, I uh, just like to laugh a very at smiley. you a she, Yeah, she looks at me and smiles because she's like, what a dork <laughs> I did not my say co-host that. I'm just is. enjoying your unusual qualities. And someone who's not a dork, Mike Costella, our executive producer, who makes sure the shows uh, play as they're supposed to play yeah, and exactly. in the right order and all that good stuff. So let's get back to this. Uh, we'll uh, broadcast date of October 22nd, 1946, the conclusion to Boston Blackie. Good heavens, Blackie, look at all those police cars and all the policemen in the street. What's this going to be, a riot? It's not going to be a picnic, Mary. There has Faraday in that house across the street, and there may be a little argument about who does what. Stay here a minute. Here's Rollins. All right, Blackie, but please be careful. Yeah. Hello, Rollins. Oh, hello, Blackie. We're just about set. Glad you brought a lot of men, Rollins. This may be a battle. But not a long one if the shooting does start, Blackie. I've got a hundred men, and I don't think Thayer has more than two or three. But he has Faraday. Aren't you afraid he'll kill the inspector if you open fire on him? Yes, I'm going to try reasoning with him first. Hey, Jack. Jack, hand me the loudspeaker microphone. I'll see if Thayer will listen to reason. Yeah, boss. Thanks. Well... Good luck, Rollins. Blackie, I-, I got scared sitting there alone in the car. Can I stand by you? Hello, Miss Wesley. Oh, hello, Sergeant. Blackie, can I? Yes, if you're a good girl. You'll be safe behind the squad car if the shooting starts. Go ahead, Rollins. Let's see if Fair can be talked into showing some sense and showing himself. All right, there. We know you're in there. We're going to give you a chance to come out alive. Can you hear me, there? Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you. Come out of that house there. Come out with your hands up. Nothing doing. And we're coming in after you. Come ahead. I'll kill Faraday if you do. He means it too, Rollins. Ask him if I can come in. Oh, Blackie. Listen no. there. Can Blackie come in? What for? Tell him it's to make a deal and to see if Faraday is really still alive. You want to make a deal, see if Faraday's still alive. Okay, Blackie can come in. But alone. 
with his hands in the air and unarmed. Good. Come here, Rollins. I've got an idea. If it works, we'll have Paraday out of there in no time. Oh, Blackie, you can't go in there. They'll kill you. Not if I do what they say. All right, Blackie, what is it? Here. Take yeah. my gun and keep it for me. Well, you're not going in there without a gun, are you? I am if I expect to come out alive. Give me a tear gas bomb. A tear gas bomb? Yes, give me one, quick. All right. Here's one. But, Blackie, they'll search you if they find it. But they won't find it. There. Uh, wish me luck. Give me exactly three minutes and then come in fast. Oh, Blackie, I wish you wouldn't do this. I said, wish me luck. Oh. Here, better get behind the squad car, Miss Wesley. If anything goes wrong, we'll have to stay. Blackie? Yes, there. Open up. Are you alone? You saw me come across the street by myself. Open up. All right, Tony. Let him in. He's alone, Thayer. He's got his hands up, too. Good. Don't let him near me till you searched him. And thoroughly. I don't think you'll find anything on me, Tony. Huh? No, there's nothing on him, Mr. Thayer. He's clean. Good. Let him in, then. Now, wait a minute. Take off his hat first. I'll take it off by myself there and put it over here on the table. How's that? That's good. Come on in, Blanky. Thanks. And I can put my hands down now? Yeah, yeah. Your hands down and your cards on the table. You want to make a deal? What is it? First, I want to see Faraday. I want to make sure he's still alive. Fair enough. Go bring Faraday out here, Tony. Sure. And if Faraday's alive, Blackie, then what? Let's wait until I see Faraday alive. You just don't trust me, do you, Blackie? Nope. Mind? No. No, I wouldn't have much respect for you if you did. Well, here he is, Blackie. Thought he'd look alive? Yes, as much as he ever did. Hello, Faraday. Hello, Blackie. Well, your pal's alive, Blackie. What's the deal? No deal, Thayer. As far as I'm concerned, you can go ahead and kill him. Where's my hat? I'm getting out of here. Hey, Blackie, wait a minute. Blackie. Oh, uh, here's my hat on the table. Doc Faraday, I'm dropping it on the floor. Hey, what's that? It's tear gas. Let him have it, Tony. I show. I can't. I, I can't. See him, boss. Where, where are you? It's over there, Tony. You don't mind if I borrow your gun, do you? I do. Get me out of here. Faraday, are you okay? Sure. Where'd you get the tear gas? Quick, grab there first. We'll have it, Tony. Oh, wait. You all right, Inspector Faraday? Yeah, Rollins. I'm wonderful. I've never been so, so happy. In my life! <laughs> oh, Blackie. Isn't this a lovely evening for a drive? Mary, this is a lovely evening for practically anything. Oh? Did you say thanks to my hat? Uh, you, your hat? Why? Well, don't you realize that if it weren't for this hat... I wouldn't have had anything to keep that tear gas bomb under, and that there would have been no way of getting Faraday from there. Oh, well, nice hat, nice hat. Thank you very much. Blackie, what happened to Rocky Baldwin? He's dead, and so is Barnes, the man who killed him. They must have shot it out and both hit the bullseye. Oh, Barnes was angry because Rocky killed his friend Jamesy. Yes. Well, Jamesy deserved to die. He was a killer. Well, quite I guess I, I made about him. I guess I guessed him right, didn't I? When I called up Rocky? Yes, I guess you did, and I guess, too, that it's good riddance. Gee, this was exciting, wasn't it? All the shooting and kidnapping. Oh, I don't know, Mary. I'd say it's the quickest case I ever solved. The quickest? Why do you say that? Well, 
What did I do to rescue Faraday? You put a tear gas bomb in your hat and you threw your hat on the floor so the tear gas would explode. Well, that's why I say it was the quickest, Mary. It's the first case I've ever solved at the drop of a hat. Ooh. And that's Boston Blackie from October 22nd, 1946. Faraday is shot, starring Dick Kalmar with Maurice Tarplin as heard on ABC. Did you like that, Lisa? I did like Good that. Episode, Any right? favorite of yours is a favorite of mine. I just, Carl I don't know Murray. what it is. I just love Boston Blackie. He was kind of a smarty pants, you know? You can relate to I him. I can totally relate Absolutely. to that. Absolutely. You know? I like him. I'm, I feel like I'm the Boston Blackie of classic radio. I feel like uh, you are DJs. too. Yes. Do you feel like you're a DJ, Lisa? I don't know if I'm a DJ. I don't know. I think more, I think of, a, more of an announcer type. Are you an announcer? I don't know. What Announcers have deeper voices than you have. I don't really? know if you're an announcer, really. Okay, well, what? You're like a host. You're a co-host. <laughs> and I'm sort of, uh, what? I'm not going to answer that. Yeah. <laughs> the FCC could throw you off the radio if you I, answered that, I right? just choose to. Uh, all right. It's time now for uh, Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Martin and Lewis were a comedy team comprised of singer Dean Martin as the straight man and comedian Jerry Lewis as the comedic foil. The pair met in 1945 and formed a nightclub act in 1946. Their routine was essentially to ad-lib with Dean singing and Jerry mugging for laughs. They did slapstick, vaudeville jokes, and whatever else popped into their heads. Radio back into 1949, and the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis radio show was more of the same, only scripted with top names in Hollywood as their guest stars. Radio led to TV and several hit films. By the early 1950s, Martin and Lewis were the hottest act in Hollywood. Unfortunately, the pace and pressure took their toll. Dean usually had the thankless job of straight man, and his singing had yet to develop into his unique style of later years. The critics praised Lewis, and while they admitted that Martin was the best partner he could have had, most claimed that Lewis was the real talent of the team and could succeed with anyone. Ever the pro, Martin dutifully fulfilled his contract and commitments, but left the act at his first opportunity on July 25, 1956, ten years to the day after their first official teaming. After the split, both men's careers reached new highs, and the rest is, as they say, history. All right, it's time now for the Martin and Lewis Show. Let's go back to a broadcast date of August 29, 1949, their special guest is William Hopalong Cassidy Boyd. Here's part one of the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis Show. It's the Martin and Lewis Show! Yes, the National Broadcasting Company brings you, transcribed from Hollywood, the Martin and Lewis Show. Our guest tonight, Bill Hopalong Cassidy Boyd. Featuring Flo McMichael, Sheldon Leonard, Ben Alexander, Dick Stabile and his orchestra, and starring Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Yes, the leaves of brown came tumbling down, remember? In September, and October, and November, and December, and January. Boy, was that tree loaded with brown leaves. For the past couple of days, Dean and Jerry have been unable to come to an agreement on where to spend their vacation. As we look in at their little apartment, we find it littered with travel folders and resort ads, and the discussion's still going on. Jerry, we've been talking about every place I can think of to spend a vacation, and you just won't make up your mind. I did make up my mind. The Canadian Rockies. It's beautiful up there. I read all about it in that new book I got from the Book of the Year Club. You mean the Book of the Month Club? No, I read slow. <laughs> You know, I've always wanted to see the tropics, Jerry. How about Hawaii? Hawaii? Ah, beautiful Hawaii. 
Ah, but Hawaii has those beautiful tropical nights with the palm trees in the background. Nah. And Waikiki Beach with the warm rolling surf. Nah. And beautiful native girls in those grass skirts. Wait till I get my Vigoro and I'll go with you. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jerry, winter will be here before you make up your mind. I'll tell you. Let's just load the car and I'll go down to the service station and get a road map. You'll get a road map? Ah, oh, Jerry, that's a wonderful way to spend a vacation. Lost. <laughs> Listen, I can read a road map. Just suppose we were going to make a trip to Lake Tahoe, say. Now, we lay the map down on the ground with the arrow facing north, which is to our south because the station is on our right facing east. We follow the red line to the Mexican border. No, that's wrong. We back up here and take this road marked 18. No, that's the number of miles to Pomona. <laughs> well, anyway, we turn here and go around to here and... Well, then if we go... Maybe, there's a detour... Dean? Why? I'm lost. <laughs> well, this is going to be a great vacation. I can see that. Come in. Well, hello, Florence. Hi, Florence. How's our secretary? Hello, Mr. Martin, Mr. Willis. I'm fine. Maybe you can help us, Florence. If you had your choice on where to go on a vacation... Where would it be? Well, let's see. Well, I drive north to San Francisco, and then east past Lake Tahoe and into Nevada, and then I turn around and back into Reno. You're back into Reno? Sure. I don't want to get a divorce. I want to get married. We just wanted an idea, Florence. Uh, where did you go on your vacation? To the beach. You should see the hit I made in my French bathing suit. Oh, you have a French bathing suit, huh? Yeah. I designed it myself. I got the idea from a movie I saw. Well, which movie? The Lady Gamble. <laughs> hey, maybe we should go to the beach, Dean. After all, I have a French bathing suit, too. Jerry, men don't wear French bathing suits. They don't? No. Anybody want to buy a strapless handkerchief? <laughs> Hairless Lake? Now, where in the world is Hairless Lake? How do you know? It's that big bunch of water that's held back by Balder Dam. Balder Dam? Blind, <laughs> it's not Balder Dam. <laughs> it's Balder Dame. Lawrence. Uh, here's the mail that came this morning. Now, you go on, take it home and answer it, and don't worry about a thing. You're going to be all right. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> well, let's run through these uh, tourist folders once more, Jerry. Now, now, you listen to me closely. Sun Valley, Yosemite. Well, what do you know? A little bitty tap on the door and it popped open. Well, uh, now that I'm inside... Hey, uh, wait a minute. Who are you? Dean, don't you remember him? It's the guy who lives in the next apartment, Soapy Leonard. You said that's right, Soapy Leonard. They call me Soapy because I'm 99 and 44 one hundredths percent pure. <laughs> now, uh, let me tell you 
tell you about this vacation of yours. Now, you just wait a minute. How do you know we were talking about our vacation? It's easy. I used to be a house detective. (laughs) You were a house detective, Mr. Leonard? Yeah, sure, that's me. Tall, dark, and transome. (laughs) Now, look, we were having a uh, fine little private conversation, and you're nothing but an eavesdropper. I am not an eavesdropper. No, sir. I got a perfectly legitimate hole drilled in your baseboard. Oh, then you're a peeping Tom. I certainly am not. I hate peeping Toms. I'm a listening Louie. <laughs> now, uh, when I overheard you talking, I got struck with a great idea for you guys. Now, this is wonderful. You see, a camping trip, a vacation for you up in the high Sierra mountains. Huh? Oh, no, that's not for Jerry Lewis. Why, it is for Jerry Lewis. Just the thing you need. Put muscles on you. Build up your chest. Chest? What's that? <laughs> Look, uh, what do you think happens to the air when you inhale? I don't know. All I do is exhale. <laughs> you know, Jerry, maybe Sophie's got something there. You could do with a little building up. Yeah, certainly. That's right. And not only will it build you boys up, it will also save you money. Now, you just leave everything to me. I'll fix you up with all the stuff you need, everything. Now, all that you really want, though, is just a few crackers to munch on. Well, what do you figure it'll cost us? A few crackers? I don't know. Five hundred dollars? Five hundred dollars for a few crackers? You want salt on them, don't you? Now, look, we're not paying any five hundred dollars to go on a camping trip. Well, all right, all right. I can probably get it for you a little cheaper, but there is one thing I want you to know. If I am going to be nice enough to go to the bottom of handling your money, you will have to trust me. (laughs) You do trust me, don't you? Oh, yes, of course. Bless his stupid little heart. <laughs> it's all set. I need a little money to get the equipment. I tell you what, we will all contribute equally, huh? Okay, here's 50. Here's my 50. Here's my 50. <laughs> all right, I'll go get the provisions. I'll see you boys later. Okay, Sophie. I don't know. That soapy doesn't seem like much of an outdoor man to me, Jerry. I uh, hope we didn't make a mistake. Maybe we should have gone to Balder Dane. <laughs> oh, come on, Jerry. We'll throw some old clothes together and be on our way to the high Sierra. <laughs> Jerry, why are you stopping here? I think I better have another look at this map. Oh, what's the use? We're lost. I ain't seen nothing but animals along this road for an hour. Yeah, Jerry, you got us lost in the middle of these woods. Yeah. Don't you blame me, Dean Martin. You told me to follow the white strip down the highway, and that's exactly what I did. Well, let's drive on, then. What are you waiting for? The white strip. It's sitting up in that tree looking at me. (laughs) Well... The road's ended. The only thing to do is unload the car and camp here for the night. Hey, Jerry, you get the stuff out of the back seat. And, Jerry, be careful with those hunting guns. Okay, okay. Boy, this stuff is really packed in here tight. Imagine that Dean telling me to be careful of these hunting guns. What does he think I am, a kid or something? Jerry, you all right? Yeah, Dean, there's only one thing. What's that? When you mount my head over the fireplace, don't let people hang hats on my ears. (laughs) 
Oh, boy, oh, boy, you smell that air. Oh, what a great night's sleep we're going to get out here, huh? Yeah, maybe so, but what are we going to sleep on? Well, there's nothing to it, kid. You just spread your blankets on the ground. It's going to be nice and soft when you snuggle up to Mother Nature. Well, lie down and try it. <clears throat> ow, ow! What's the matter, kid? Feels like Mother Nature forgot to take her corset off. <laughs> Looking all through the car and I can't find any matches. I forgot them. <laughs> the one thing that we trust you to get and you forget it. I'm gonna go back to town and get the matches. All right, matches. Let's see, I'll need a little money. How much, Sophie? Let's see now, matches. And about twenty bucks will do it. Twenty dollars for a box of matches? You want sulfur on them, don't you? <laughs> I'm just giving you one dollar. You can steal the matches for all I care. Well, now, there is a proposition that appeals to my sporting instincts. <laughs> All right, I'll drive the car back to town. So long, boys. Well, Jerry, we're on our own. Here we are, just the two of us in the middle of the woods. Yeah. It, it's so dark here, and I, I'm scared. Will you hold my hand, Dean, please? Oh, thank you, Dean. Jerry, I'm not holding your hand. Not? Jerry, you're holding your own hand. I am? <laughs> Jerry, there's nothing to be afraid of. Now, let's fix up a couple of beds and get some sleep. I don't know about you, but I'm going to take this axe and make a bed out of branches. This looks like a good branch here. Keep on, Jerry. You're almost through the bark. <laughs> Look, almighty woodsman. Now, you put down that axe and come over here. We've got sleeping bags. Now, go on and get into yours. Oh, all right. They're a little complicated, you know? Are you sure you know how to handle yours? Don't worry about Jerry Lewis. There. Well, you got your pants off. Now, get in the sleeping bag. <laughs> I'll handle this. Hey, hey. Hey, listen. Dean, you hear something? Yeah, what was it? It was over that way. I can't see anything. Wait a minute. Yeah, it's getting clearer. I see it. What is it? A television set. <laughs> Jerry, that's no television set. That's William Boyd. Hop along, Cassidy. These guns have a handy habit of picking out rustlers, that's why. Rustlers? Yeah. Some low-down vomits got away with a thousand head of my cattle, and I think I know who. Honest, Mr. Cassidy, we haven't got your thousand head of cattle. If you don't believe it, you can search us. Now, you can stop that right now. Talking like city slickers isn't going to throw me off the trail. Honest, Mr. Boyd, we're not rustlers. We've never been rustlers. We don't even know any rustlers. Wait a minute, Dean. What about gorgeous George? 
All right, that's the first portion of the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis show from August 29, 1949. We'll get back to the conclusion of that in our next hour here on Hollywood 360. Let's take a break, then it's more with Lisa and I. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. In our next hour of Hollywood 360, we'll tune in to the conclusion to the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis show from 1949. Then it's the amazing Mr. Malone, an interesting detective adventure. So, Lisa, will you be here for that? I can think of nowhere else I'd rather be. Right, very good answer. All right, so we'll see you on our next edition of Hollywood 360.